0: This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
0: evidence for 52 days. The Special Criminal Court announced that it would deliver its judgment on the trial of Jerry Hutch and two of his alleged associates, Jason Bonney and David Byrne. The verdict would be delivered on April 17th, although the presiding judge, Justice Tara Burns, did say that if they had a judgment before that, they would announce it before then. We're joined now by Sean Murray, who has been covering the case for his paper, The Irish Examiner. Sean, this has been a long case in many ways. Gerry the Monk Hutch is the principal figure, but there are two co-accused who are alleged to have helped in various ways. The closing arguments from all of the defendants' senior counsel in the case of Mr. Bonnie. John Fitzgerald, senior counsel, and in the case of Paul Murphy, Bernard Condon, senior counsel, both of the lawyers involved for those two men said that the evidence was less than compelling. Thin and light was one phrase used, and the other phrase used by Bernard Condon, senior counsel, alleged that the prosecution case had offered broad brushstroke of propositions and assertions not supported by evidence. And, of course, Brandon Gren, Defence Senior Counsel for Jerry Hutch, had his own say in his closing argument. Sean, as this case progressed, I understand the courtroom was packed most of the time, including, I think, the mother and father of David Byrne, the deceased man, were there. It's been a very, very high profile and tense atmosphere case and a tense atmosphere in the courtroom.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, as, as you said, it's gone on for 52 days. We've heard really in-depth evidence uh, on various different aspects of the case. It's gone into the minutiae of CCTV, of phone records, of the infamous tapes that we've all heard of. Of Obviously, the, the star witness, Jonathan Dowdle. it's been twisting and it's been turning and it's it, it's finally drawn to a close. As you say, it, it, it's always been tense in the courtroom. We're talking about uh, what the prosecution referred to yesterday as a, a brutal and callous execution of David Bourne in the Regency Hotel. The court got to see CCTV of that murder actually happening, Yes, which was a, a particularly grim day of evidence. And the, the, there's so much at stake. Jerry the Monk Hutch is on trial for murder. He faces a, a mandatory life sentence if found guilty. And um, the other two guys, Jason Bonnie, and Paul Morphy, could potentially face a serious jail time um, if they're found guilty of, of aiding and abetting a criminal gang of carrying out this murder, namely by making cars available. So, so there's a huge amount at stake, obviously, for, for the Bourne family. They would want to see justice for their beloved. Of course. Of course, as well. So everything was on the line. Everything was at stake. And this week was, was the last chance for both the prosecution and the defense teams to set out their stalls, as it were. And the phrase um, oft heard in these kind of cases, beyond reasonable doubt, was heard numerous times from the prosecution's case. They feel they've proven their case beyond reasonable doubt. And then on the other hand, the defense is saying, no, you haven't. The, as you say, um, John Fitzgerald referred to as a thin or light case against his client, and Brendan Gretchen, Um I, I couldn't count the amount of times he called uh, Jonathan Dowdle a lawyer in his closing statement. So, so it was it was dramatic, a very dramatic end to what's been a dramatic case. I think this week,
0: yes, Jonathan Dowdle is a key figure, a former Sinn Féin counselor, and the person who. Is really the definitive prosecution witness in that he claims that Jerry De Monk Hutch admitted to him that he had been the murderer, which seems questionable. If you're an experienced criminal to be going around telling somebody that you did it, he was in this on the stand for eight days. He also went on a long car journey with. Jerry the Monk Hutch to the north. And during the course of that, the police had bugged the car, and there was a long series of conversations. And also, there's a reference by Jerry Hutch to three yokes in the back of the car. The yokes are supposed to be the guns that were used to commit the attack and indeed to murder. David Byrne. So during the eight days, it appears that Brendan Graham who's senior counsel for Jerry Hodge, gave Dowdle a rather hard time.
2: Yeah, indeed, it was it was a it was a grueling um, eight days of, of evidence from Jonathan Dowdle, where his past actions, his past words, were poured over in in such minute detail by Brendan Grahm and. Graham referenced Dowdle so many times in his closing statements about how he would highlight inconsistencies in either what he was saying now or what he had said before. Um, he, he made the curious remark that I'm not going to go to town on him. And then he called him a uh, proven and admitted lawyer and perjurer. So it was it was very much um, uh, yeah. he, he, he went for him, shall we say.
0: He made the point, Sean, didn't he, that he was a liar and a perjurer and had perjured himself during the course of this trial.
2: Yes, absolutely. There were, there were, there were a few different facets where, where um, Gretchen kept returning to. He said that there were two big lies in the case. Um, the first that he accused Dowdle of lying about is um, meeting Jared Hutch the night before the Regency hotel murder yes. um, and giving to him a key card for a hotel room in the Regency. And that was used by one of the gunmen, the man in the flat cap and the now deceased Kevin Murray. That's one of uh, Dowdle's central allegations. And the next one, which you've already referenced, is meeting him in a park just a few days after the murder where Hutch is alleged to have uh, admitted uh, being one of the men who shot Bourne. And it's obviously such a, a central, crucial plank of the prosecution's case at this stage.
0: And there's no, doesn't appear to be any evidence, or is there, Sean, from the CCTV footage that identifies Jerry Hutch as the person who murdered David Byrne. And that footage was shown to the court. Was it possible to identify? Because I think Mr. Grant says it, it's impossible to identify Jerry Hutch from that CCTV
2: yeah, absolutely. It, it's the prosecution's case that Hutch was one of the men who was wearing the Garda tactical gear. Now, if people might have seen, there's, there's a few uh, famous photos of the day where there were three men dressed in these kind of um, coveralls where you couldn't see their face. You could only see the outfits that they had on and the fact that they were carrying the guns. Now, the prosecution is alleging that Jared Hutch was one of those men. So obviously, if the face is covered, you're not going to see who that is. Crucially, as well, uh, Brendan Gretton pointed out that there's no CCTV evidence linking Hutch to the murder on the day. There is no phone evidence, and there's no uh, forensic evidence linking Hutch to the murder on the day as well. Yes. What they're relying on instead is is what Gretton uh, described as they're they're trying to ride two horses. There's there's dowdles evidence and what he says he was told, and then there's also what is said on the tapes, which uh, that that very long journey that they did up north at uh, 10 hours and um, roughly eight hours of audio of that conversation. And the prosecution made reference to um, some tacit admissions that they say um, Hutch made on those tapes that show that he was the man in charge of the guns and also that he was one of the men responsible for the murder in, in their case.
0: Now, during the course of that long car journey, a good proportion of it was in the north. And the fact that a bug placed in a car traveling from the Republic to Northern Ireland, whatever evidence is garnered by that bug in the north of Ireland is inadmissible. And that played out, didn't it? Because the presiding judge, Justice Tara Burns, she said that while she accepted the argument that it was illegal, she was still going to admit it. What's going to happen to that issue? Is there any way of adjudicating on that question of whether evidence gathered illegally can be admissible in a trial like this in the special criminal court?
2: I think the, the ship has sailed very much on that question. Um, when it arose, um, the judges had to make a ruling on it because there was a submission not to make the tapes admissible. And the judges went off and made their decision. And as you say, Tara Bournes came back and said, while the evidence was gathered illegally, they accepted that there was no malefides on on the part of the Gardaí. And they um, accepted it as part of the evidence um, to admit it. So when they're now, um, as of yesterday, as of today, they're going to make their judgment in the case. And everything that's said on those tapes is is available to the judges, and um, there's no part of it that's 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 uh, excluded. And they can they can read the inferences that that they want to in, in, in those tapes. And the prosecution is inviting them to 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 draw the inference that Jared Hutch makes admissions uh, to his own guilt uh, on those tapes. And obviously, on the other hand, Gretchen is saying that. No one would be able to listen to the tapes and decide that or or, or conclude that Jared Hutch is saying that he was involved in the Regency.
0: Yes. And uh, I mean, some people have said that if this were a jury trial, that at the point where the evidence presented was deemed to be illegally acquired, there may well have been a collapsed case.
2: It, it, obviously now that we're in the special criminal court it's it's impossible to say uh, what what may have happened in that case but I, I do think the the specific nature of the special criminal court we know that there there's the conviction rate is, is quite high in, in these cases that come before the special criminal court yes. it's it's a 3 judge court there's no jury obviously the, the it was established by the government for 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 very specific reasons there's no way of knowing how it would have gone but i feel like no matter what way the the, the, the verdicts go i feel like and I think we've said it a few times before that there will be serious questions asked of, of how the court operates, I think, in the, in the aftermath yes. of this. Just given, just given the complexity of the case and the kind of issues that have been, that have been teased out and, and examined during it, I feel that's a conversation that will definitely be happening after the case is over.
0: And appeals are permitted from the Special Criminal Court. Would that go directly to the Supreme Court or would it go to the Court of Appeal? I believe it's
2: the court of appeal where it will go first and obviously if there's guilty verdicts they will have to have uh, specific grounds on which they want to challenge yes. those guilty verdicts so it like that that is all open to us in the future but there's there's so many facets still still to play out we we know that the judges have signified April 17th so that's quite a while from today as the date for their judgment so they've so much to pore over and so much to try and and tease out with the case um, that we, we, we have quite a while to go before we see that, but it, 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 it's absolutely fascinating just because, especially when Grant made the point that, and, and he was very keen to point out that he wasn't making any concessions on his client's behalf. But even what's said on the tapes could implicate Jared Hutch in criminality. There's talk about the yokes, there's talk about various different aspects. But um, he said that Hutch is charged with murder. He's not charged with any other offense. Yes. So it, 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 it's that very specific charge that the prosecution has sought to prove his guilt on that will be the one that's judged. So even if there's references that Jonathan Fowdle also makes, the various forms of criminality, that, yes. that that's not the central plank. It's it's whether or not Hutch is guilty of murder. And yes. it, 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 it'll be very interesting to see where they fall on that.
0: Now, Fiona Murphy made the closing speech for the prosecution, Sean. What was the thrust of what you had to say?
2: Um, she said that, well, first of
0: all, as i said before, she said
2: that Jared Hutch was one of the two men who was disguised in tactical gear who shot David Bourne in the Regency in what she called a brutal and callous execution, and he should be convicted of murder. She pointed is there, is there to, any
0: evidence for that, for that assertion? The evidence for that
2: assertion is um, what Jonathan Dowdle had to say. Jonathan Dowdle right. says that he met the monk in a park, and the yeah. monk told him that he was one of the men who shot Bourne. And she she obviously addressed the elephant of the room in the room as it were of, of, of Dowdle's credibility, given um, yes. his previous conviction for a brutal assault on a man. Um, she yeah, said, wa- no t- "He
0: waterboarded somebody with his father, didn't he?"
2: Yeah, and and they they, uh, kept a recording of it on a USB stick, which uh, the Gardaí found. They weren't even looking for it. They didn't know that this offence had occurred. They just happened to find it in a a search of his house. And Fiona Murphy said there's no two ways about it, that he was convicted for a a very serious, uh, what she called disgusting offence. She said he's a man who admits he told lies in the past, and it's obviously fair that that's not going to endear him to the court, but that doesn't mean that you can't believe him now, is what she said.
0: And uh, we should just point out, and it's a remiss of me that we haven't to our listeners, that Jonathan Dowdle has applied to go into the Witness Protection Programme. It hasn't been established yet whether or not the guards will accept him into that programme, but that's a very serious issue that's hanging around.
2: Absolutely, it, it's it's obviously a, a life changing um, yes. thing for him and his family. He's he's already served a lengthy prison sentence for the the waterboarding incident. He's currently serving time as well because he he actually could have been uh, in the dock with Jared Hutch right. in a different reality because he was also charged with David Bourne's murder. But when he switched to give state's evidence, he also pleaded guilty to a lesser charge. And um, we've mentioned that already of, of of booking the hotel room yeah. um, that was used the night before the murder. And when when he serves that sentence, if he's uh, judged, uh, eligible or approved for the witness protection program, him and his family will, will obviously obviously be going to a different part of the country, the world. Uh, we don't know where as of yet. Fiona Murphy made the point that when he was given evidence, uh, she said he was a broken man and he was every inch the man who had engaged in this bad behavior. But but he was now giving evidence and he was expressing shame for what he'd done. Um, It's like, even though all of his past actions, she said it didn't erase what said in the audio. And it didn't erase um, what he's saying now in terms of in terms of his evidence about um, meeting Hutch in the park and that confession.
0: And that's in a nutshell what had to be proved by the prosecution but proved beyond reasonable doubt. And I suppose, you know, Brendan Graham, Defence Counsel for Jerry Hutch, would argue that nothing has been proved beyond a reasonable doubt, given that Jonathan Dowdell spent eight days in the witness box.
2: Yeah, um, uh, Brendan Graham spent uh, two hours, uh, roughly two hours, putting forth uh, his closing statement, and he was very clear that... um, What's said on the audio while they're discussing general criminality in, in various ways, that can't be read as proof of Hutch's um, involvement in the murder of Bourne beyond the reasonable doubt. He said all the roads in this case lead back to Jonathan Dowdle. And he said that the prosecution case stands or falls on whether the court can believe the evidence of what Dowdle is giving. Obviously, Jared um, Hutch didn't take the stand himself in this case, but Gretchen addressed that. He said the accused is presumed innocent. There's no onus on him to prove anything. It's all up to the prosecution to prove beyond yes. reasonable doubt that, that he's guilty. And, and what he said was that the, the prosecution, having got Dowdle's evidence at a very late stage in proceedings, just, just to reiterate, Dowdle torn state's evidence in September and the, right. the trial started in October. So it was at a very late stage that Dowdle entered proceedings, as it were, and, and his. Evidence would be would be aired. So what they what Grehan alleges that the prosecution tried to marry the audio and Dowdle together. And he, yes. what he said was two bad halves don't necessarily make a whole.
0: Yes, and just to wrap up for the moment, Sean, the putative verdict on April seventeenth, Justice Tara Burns did say if they had a verdict earlier than that, they would, of course, announce it. It seems highly likely that there would be an appeal. And the Special Criminal Court has always been divisive. And, you know, many people question if you should have such trials without juries, really effectively run by the state. It's a very important case for the Special Criminal Court, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's. It, it, I, I think it's huge. It's, it's, it's one of the, the, the most brutal and callous murders that, that the state has seen in, in a very long time. Obviously, the Regency yes. Hotel was an infamous, horrific event, and it precipitated uh, a, a vicious and bloody feud that, that, that followed afterwards.
0: In which 18 other lives were
2: taken. Absolutely. And it's, it, it, it's, it's on that alone, it's, it, it's a crucial case for the state. But then, as you say, because of the special criminal court, because of the, the spotlight that's been on it for so long, because of the nature of how cases are run, it's crucial. And the, the, the judges are giving themselves um, quite a bit of time to go away and make the decision. They're obviously not going to rush their decision, but it, 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 it's we, we heard evidence for 52 days. It, it, it could be longer than that before we hear the verdict. I think it's, it, it's very interesting. And, and the, the actual judgment when it's delivered will be poured over and poured over quite a bit when when we finally establish uh, the verdict in the case
0: Okay Sean, we're very grateful to you for guiding us through the case Sean Murray is a correspondent with the Irish Examiner and uh, like so many examiner journalists he's outstanding and we're very grateful to Sean, to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon